everyday, ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them. And I looked at my babies when I saw myself sleeping on somebody's floor in somebody's house. And I know they was wondering, who is Trina going home? And I didn't have a home to go to. I'm B. Moore, and welcome to Conversations. My guest today is a self-made millionaire, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, philanthropist, playwright, and author who shares her story from rags to riches in her new book, Unbreakable. It is my honor, my sincere honor to welcome to Conversations, Ms. Katrina Walker. How are you? And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Katrina. <laughs> You're welcome. You are so welcome. <laughs> well, you know, um, Katrina, for for those of my listeners who may not know who you are and, and what you've done, just give a, a, a real short description of, of who you are and what you have done. Okay. Uh, I'm Katrina Walker, and... Um I was actually born in Akron, Ohio, and this is a long story, so you have to just really read the book. I have a book that's called Unbreakable. Like he mentioned, Five Husbands Homeless, Self-Made Millionaire. And my story began, my mother told her mama she was going to the store to get cigarettes. She came back nine months later, and my older sister, who was talk, told the baby, she was about six years old, five and a half, six years old. And as my mother, she couldn't drive. My mother couldn't drive. Somebody pulled up in this car, Brian. And um, when they pulled up, they stopped, and they rolled the window down. And my sister says, she says, come here. And my sister walks over to the car, and she hands her this baby, which was me. So the nine months that she was gone, she took the store to get the cigarettes. She ended up going to Akron, Ohio, leaving Memphis, going to Akron, Ohio, and having a baby, bringing it right back to Memphis instead of cigarettes, and she brought me. So I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and as young as four years old, I was pretty much raising myself in a very close-knit community. And from there, I started forming businesses as I got at about eight years old. I was starting businesses. And my life has just been, as my mother would describe me, in the book. Trina, I've never seen nobody go down and she'd hold her little hands down and she was looking like Sissy Tyson. She's no longer with us. She's in heaven now. But she'd look up at me and my eyes were aging to blue. And she would say to me, I've never seen nobody go down and she'd push her hands down to the floor and come up and she'd bring them up a little higher. And she'd push them like she's going to push them up the floor. Go down and come up, Trina. I've never seen nobody like you. And that's what my mother, and that's how she described me, because my life has been one struggle after another, after another, but I always managed to pull myself back up and figure out this thing called life. So pretty much, in a nutshell, that's how I would describe, you know, Katrina Walker, figuring out life, always making things better, never accepting, even when I was told, or my mother would say, we poor, because we down south. She would use, not poor, not all, she wouldn't even put the whole She said, we poor. And I never would accept it. And I would say to her, y'all might be, but I'm not. You know, because growing up in this little black community, it was about four streets, Brian. 
he couldn't go to the Fifth Street. It was like you're forbidden to go over there. And, and certain foods we couldn't have, but I always wanted to know how come. So I grew up as a little girl saying, how come we can't go over there? And I would say, yes, we can go over there. You know, I always wanted better because I knew even in this little community as black people, we want to know what Coca-Cola tastes like. Why we got to drink RC Colas and double Colas, those type of drinks? Why we can't have a Coca-Cola? And my mother would say to me, Trina, you on, she was a custer. You want to F it up for everybody. Be quiet. But I never would be quiet. And that, that really pretty much sums me up, that I always wanted better for everyone. I wanted everyone to do good and everyone to have better. Not just this group of people or that person over there. Nobody was better than the next. And that's Katrina Walker. As a little girl, as young as four years old, I knew the difference. Wow, that's that's wonderful, Katrina, to have that quality in you, just inherent in you. So it was nothing like anybody had to come and tell you that things should be equal for everybody and everybody should have opportunity. But you just had that in yourself. That's beautiful. That is. So now you had, had came up and grew up in Memphis and you had become a businesswoman. And you got married and and uh-huh. began to have your own children, but you're also uh, a survivor of domestic violence. Can you tell me uh, how you got into that type of situation and, and more importantly, how you got out of that situation? Well, growing up, as, again, as a little girl, I saw a lot of domestic violence. A lot of domestic violence. I had two younger sisters that were born a little bit after me, and their father was very abusive to my mother. One of my memories was him actually sitting on top of her. I was a little girl. I had to be about four years old again, looking through this green door. And I don't even, I don't, it's not a concept of time, but it's black dog, pitch black dog. And I see this man on top of my mama. He's drowning on top of her. Like, you know, that, like, it was, like it was like a heel. And as he's drowning on top of her, he's hitting her with a closed fist like Mayweather just coming down on my mama. Just mm. hitting her, and just hitting her with his fist back and forth. So seeing all of that, you know, as a little girl, growing up seeing women waking up in the morning and speaking to me Gertrude with dark shades on, and going to bed with women, hearing them screaming and hollering, one woman was beating the head with a hammer. Mm. So it was nothing that I didn't experience. I mean, domestic violence. Oh, that was like an understatement, the way the women were treated. So bad. On Friday, the men sometimes wouldn't come home with a paycheck, but they came home, they'd be drinking and, 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 and cussing and clowning and fighting with women, and they have a family across the street. So these are things that I saw. And also I saw the TV shows like the Nigga to Beaver, where it was Joan Cleaver. She wouldn't get her butt kicked. But the husband, she had her apron on, and the husband would come in, and the children were sitting around the table. So I imagine my life would be that way because I never had, really had a father. I didn't have a father. The only closest thing to a father I had was my grandfather. But growing up and seeing all this, I just pictured my life was going to be a husband, a wife, the children, and it was just going to be a really, really nice thing, a beautiful thing, but it didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I got married young as a teenage bride, went off to college, came back and married this fella. And 
And what does a young girl know? We're not a woman yet. So I did not know what they expect when my husband was coming in and it was daylight at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know who to call, but the hospitals and the... I'm up a nervous wreck calling hospitals and thinking this man has been in a wreck or maybe something happened and he's not at home. And finally pick up the phone and call my mother. But those women were so used to men doing certain things and going through certain situations. So when I would ask my mama, I said, Bill, the nerd mama, well, don't you think something happened to him? And she would curse me and say, Sheena, that N-word would be in there with a long A line. Don't call me no demo and wake me up. And lo and behold, he would come in. It would be birds tweeting the next day. The next, and I'd ask, you know, where you been with doing fashion fair, makeup all over his clothes. And you can't ask him. You're not supposed to ask, but I just remember living a life of running. Just being like an Olympic star, just running from this man all the time. And one particular time, I ran from him. And I ran into my little boy, my little girl's room. Slammed the door, locked the door, and picked my children up, picked my little girl up and threw her on this top bunk bed, threw my little boy on the top bunk bed. And I got on the bottom bunk bed. And all I remember was he kicked that door in. And when he kicked that door in, all the frame around the door, my little boy, he hollered out, Mama, duck! And he had through an iron. I ducked quick enough for an iron to go past my head and land inside the wall. An mm. iron. And if that iron had a connection with my head, I know that I wouldn't be here now to even talk about it. But I had four children. I had four children at the time. And domestic violence is so real. It's so real. Not just the domestic part. Not just the domestic part. I believe in marriage and I believe in love. But when you're young, you don't always know. So the next person, I get married again. I I stayed married 20 20 years to my children. And after that, I got married again. And this fella stole from me. You know, back then, making some money. Mm. He stole when I was building my own daycare center. He took my daycare center, the money that I had, and was building one across town for someone else. So there was nothing that I didn't go through. And then the mental abuse of a man, you know, fussing at you all the time, shooting around away at your brain, you know, till you just lose everything inside of you. Your belly button go back to your backbone. When your husband is sending a woman, a, a big teddy bear, the color of your wig, send you one the color of the wig, send him or her a red one, and you find him because he thinks that you're not technology smart because you go to bed at 8 o'clock. So, and then the, the, the mental abuse, again, it chills down at your brain. Mm-hmm. And every woman can't take that, or a man can't take the mental abuse till you know you get to the point that you're afraid to say something to this person you got to think in your mind what you're going to say to them before you say it you got to rehearse it in your mind before you let the words come out because you're scared you're going to make them mad and you're going to fuck at you but you're a grown woman that's mental abuse so domestic violence mental and physical is so real and it don't get no better because no one should be able to no, nobody should be able to just take over or control someone else's life. So true. Take the phone. Be, all that stuff. You, your mind is too much for your mind to take to go check and phone bills and, and, and for somebody to check phone bills and so you go through the man not coming home or looking through this and there's no trust or that person violates you or it gets to the point that they reach their hand back 
you know, to hit you. That's not love. And it gets worse, and, and you hear horrible stories of this man set a woman on fire. Or, or, or maybe, you know, he did something so detrimental, like shot her in front of her little children. You know, what's going to happen to the kids here? What's going to happen to him? What's going to happen to her family that has to bury her? So domestic violence is very real, and it's still happening every day. It was happening with my mom and them, then it happened with me. So what we have to do is break that cycle. When we see that, we don't stay there. You know, if you can, it's a difference. If you can work something out, you can sit down, y'all can talk about it, get some type of counseling, and that person really want to get some help. But when you see that it's to the point that that person is chiseling around and taking your brain away from you, they used to call it having a nervous breakdown. Now I think it's called anxiety or something to that nature. But a lot of times we see things and we just let it turn into cancer. Mm. We let that sore with a little scab over it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So we have to do something about it. We cannot ignore domestic violence. No, I agree. I agree. Now, in your own case, what what helped you to heal from 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 all of that? Because that sounds, uh, you know, at the at the very least, it sounds very traumatic. Well, you have to get to the point that enough is enough. And when I, we became homeless, my children, they were my world. And I had four children, three girls and a boy. And I looked at my babies when I saw myself sleeping on somebody's floor at somebody's house. And I know they was wondering, where is Trina going home? And I didn't have a home to go to. And when I saw a roach crawling up my baby's back, that did it for me. I said, you know what? We ain't supposed to be down in the valley like that. And as long as I'm with this man, I'll never have about this. And sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta pull yourself up Pick yourself up, shake yourself, and get it together. Get yourself together. I, I love, 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 love hard. And I love, love, love my children. They were everything. They were my world. And I kept God first in everything. Mm. And, I, you know, and, and, and I just, I, I, I didn't want that life anymore. So that's what helped me to turn around because I knew that this is, this is not me. And some people would say, well, why didn't you just give them one of those times? I'm not a giver-upper, if it's such a word. That is just not me. So I just had to keep on going, keep on moving forward, not look in my rearview mirror about what happened back there. Just just keep on going, keep moving forward. And uh, change was going to come, you know, because I've never accepted no or, or negative words or negative things in my vocabulary, period. You know, I had to change. I had to change my whole atmosphere for my babies and for myself. That's wonderful that you did. But you share this information. You're a motivational speaker, and you talk to women who have gone through, you know, similar situations such as yours. And I'm just wondering, what what kind of advice and words of wisdom do you share with them uh, who have gone through similar experiences? Well, the thing is, you know, I won't ever in my life be 18, 19, or 20 no more. And what I say to people, like I said, if, if they can work it out, work it out. I'm all for marriage. But do not continue to stay in a bad place that you know you can't work out. Sometimes you got to go. If that person is not willing to change and don't really want to change, if he's a cheater and a quarter, let him go and do his thing. Let him go over there if he thinks the grass is greater. You just go on and let him do that. He may not be ready to be married no more, you know? So I tell people, you know, if you can work it out and you want to work it out, go get you some counseling, go to church together. You don't know if that person, y'all are so in love. But you know what? You can't make nobody love you. And love ain't supposed to hurt you. 
So I'll tell a person, sometimes you just got to let that thing go. Some people be trying to hold on to something that you don't need to hold on to. You need to let that thing go and go on with life, but you don't get the one. And that's what I try to say. You're not going to be 20 no more. You ain't going to be 30 no more. As you go on, the years are going to keep on going. Time don't stop. It don't stand still for none of us. For none of us. Time is still moving. It's still ticking. So if you can work it out, if that person is willing to work it out with you, you can't make nobody love you. Nobody can make nobody love them. And if somebody loves you, they're not going to treat you a certain type of way. They're going to either change and get it together and treat you like a, everything ain't going to always be peaches and ice cream, but it's just that person's change. But if they reach in their hand crack to hit you, I would tell anybody, leave. Yeah, I would say leave. If somebody's hitting you, see, because one thing about it, Miss D, I talk about her. Mm-hmm. She used to tell me, can't no woman whoop no man. I'm not supposed to have to try to whoop a man. And maybe because that man was straddled on her, beating her with his fist. Or she lost her mind and had a nervous breakdown. Because she was trying to take the Trina, you ain't strong. I'm not strong enough. I am a woman. So I don't feel that people should have to fight. If somebody's beating on you, it's time to go. Because how you know when one of those beatings ain't too much? Remember, the iron came flying past my head. Mm-hmm. My little boy saw the iron. And I do. So who loves me to throw an iron at my iron? Pick up an iron and iron with it. What is an iron going to do to a little woman like me? I'm 5'1", probably at that time weighed 115 pounds. Mm. My children, all I could do was vision them seeing me being cranked down six feet into the ground, standing there watching, three and four years old, mm. looking at their mama being wheeled down in the ground. So sometime it's time to go. Time to go. I say 20 is too long. But the advice that I was giving back then, even the women that was getting their butt beat, you're not going to be able to do no better. Don't leave your good man. I'm like, good man. But that was the advice that was given to me. Because that's what they did. They told me what they thought was best. And I say to a woman, don't stay in a horrible place. Mm-hmm. You know. Or a man, because men are abused too. And that's why I speak on mental as well as physical. Mental abuse is out there. And again, it shows at your brain. That black eye, eventually that darkness around that black eye will clear up. But when somebody starts sizzling and messing with your brain and your mind, you need your mind, you ain't got but one. That's the brain. The brain is the brain. Like a brain to a computer, your brain connects to everything in your body. So you need your mind. You need your good health. You know, you want to be here. You want to be here and you want to be healthy. You cannot be healthy in a bad place, a bad style of relationship where it's just that horrible for someone is going to try to hurt you that are physically trying to hurt you or mentally hurt you and they ain't trying to do nothing about it to make themselves better. Hi, I'm Brian Moore, owner of More About You, the producer of Conversations with yours truly, Be More. First, I'd like to thank you for listening to our program. But secondly, I'd like to call something to your attention. Just like my guest, I believe that many of you listening have incredible life stories to share. You see, More About You was started on the simple belief that everyone, and I mean everyone, has a story to tell. Unfortunately, many of those stories are lost and never shared nor passed down to future generations. More About You can help preserve those personal tales in ways that can be enjoyed in the present and also used to educate in the future. 
I invite you to go to my website, www.moreaboutyou.com, to see how I've done this for others. And you can call me at 315-863-2466 to discuss how I can do the same for you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now, back to conversations. The first husband, I stayed married 20 years, and I vowed that I would not, but never stay in a horrible place. And the second husband stole from me. And I was married to a closet alcoholic. Somebody would say, well, why did you, why did you get married again? Why didn't you just stop at number three? Why didn't I? And that's why I tell people, you know, as a human being, being human, you know, take your time. Because even though these men walked in my life and they were going to be this nice husband, you know, and we were going to have this wonderful marriage relationship, you know, people ain't always what you think they are. So you have to get to know people. Even if they ask you to marry them, you got to wait and get to know that person. They get to know you. You know, before, you know, you don't know because this person, he, he got another woman over here, another baby on the way. You know, people do that, you know. And, but a lie will come out. A lie will come out. So those are the things that I went through. I tell people to just, you know, you know, take your time. Because a lot of people been in as many relationships as I have, you know, marriages. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I got married 20 years young. I was younger. Peace God, you know, with children. So what did I really know? What did I really know? Right, right. Now, I have to ask you this is in terms of as you transition from one relationship to the next, were you able to allow yourself the time and space for self-reflection and, and possibly even self-evaluation between each of those relationships? That's why I say that, that you know, you got to give yourself time. And that's something that I didn't do. I didn't really know these fellas. I didn't know that one was an alcoholic, you know. I did not know, you know, I didn't know this one was a liar and a thief. They didn't come off that way. So you have to give yourself enough time to heal. But sometimes, you know, me, myself, that was my biggest mistake, to leave one relationship thinking that when I leave their relationship, I'm going to forget about another. Mm. And they would ask me to marry them. So you have to give yourself enough time to know a person before you marry, before you marry. And like I say, even even women that are in relationships, they may have been in five relationships in their lifetime. Maybe they just didn't marry that person. Or men. You know, if you ask them how many girlfriends or boyfriends they have. Unfortunately, I married these people. Mm-hmm. I married these people. Mm-hmm. And one, you know, was a liar. One was a thief, you know. And I did everything I could. One had a baby on the way. One got a baby on me. You know, it was just nothing that I did not go through. And I did everything that I could to try to make it. But it's like you mentioned, did I allow myself enough time? No, I did not. Because leaving one relationship, it's almost as if I thought I was going to forget about the one that was in front of that one. But that's not the case because I don't even know this fella that I'm with if he's honest or not. Because one thing, a lie, between a lie is going to come out. A lie is going to come out. I don't care how a person hides that lie. Eventually, it's going to boil up and surface to the top. So you have to take your time with people because everybody's not truthful. And maybe when they walked into my life in the beginning, that courting stage and us being around each other, I didn't really get enough to really know their truth, but it all came out. And um, 20 years with the first one, I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Mm-mm. I can't do it. You know, I can't stay another 20 years with 
someone and they are stealing from me, putting in a horrible place, got baby, a baby on the way. So that was a mistake of mine. That's why I can tell people just from my own experience, you know, take your time. Mm-hmm. You know, get to know this person. No, get to know who he is, you know, and let him get to know who you are, you know. Right. No, they might not even really like each other, so you gotta really just take your time. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, really sound advice. Very sound advice. Definitely, definitely. Now, you know, I, I know that you're an author as well, and your book, your your new book, Unbreakable, is actually available. And I want you to tell a little bit about the book itself in terms of what your central message, and, I, and just even in the title, because you have gone through so much, and yet your resilience, it, it just cuts through everything that you've gone through. So I want you to talk a little bit about that. The book is a great book, and I would love for everyone to get that book and read it. Every page is good. I've had people from 20 years old, or even younger than 20, up to, I would say the oldest reader is close to 90, about 87 years old. And these people love this book. It's, what I'm saying is so relatable. Every page you can understand it. You're going to feel that book. You're going to feel yourself as I go through my different ages, and you're going to know that that's me. Or that's my uncle, or that's my mama, and and the book is is so much in this book. It's a blueprint to business and how I did my business, how I became a millionaire, and I break it down in terms that is very understandable. You can understand it's not in all these big words that you can't understand. I just kept it as real as possible. You can understand. Anybody can understand. You want? I'm gonna tell you what. It's like a movie in your head. This is what I'm getting from people. They can vision it. They can see it. I don't want to tell them what's in this book, but we got to stick together and get this book. we got to make this book a part of your household. Like Dawn dishwasher. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. You're going to laugh and, and, and you're going to cry. Mm. You know, you're going to laugh with these. You're going to laugh. It's, it's just keeping it all together for you, you know? And, and like I said, I don't want to tell you because that's taken away from I can't take away from this book. I wrote it with my soul, with my soul. I put everything, my heart into this book. And it's called Unbreakable. And if anybody go on my website and get this book, Unbreakable, the Katrina Walker story, my website is Miss Katrina Walker, www.misskatrinawalker.com. And Miss is spelled M-S. K-A-T-R-I-N-A-W-A-L-K-E-R. And if you click on that, uh, the book or, or, or the little card thing, you can get a book and I'll sign it and send it to you. But like I said, you, you're you going to love this book. Anybody that gets this book, everybody is talking about this book and how much they love it. And I just thank God. It was only through good, God's good grace and mercy that I wrote this book the way that I wrote it. You know, I always say this, you know, I had to go through what I had to go through as bad as things were for me and going down, as my mother was saying, coming up as she would describe me going out and coming up. And I had to go through all these things so I could share it with the world and help other young women and men because they really, they are me. They are exactly where I used to be, but I never forgot where I came from. So I'm giving it back blueprint to the world in this book. Everything is in this book. Unbreakable, the Katrina Walker story. And it ain't no shame either. I'm not a person that's shameful. I talk about my bankruptcy. I talk about my husband getting babies on me. I talk about it all. I talk about my mama whooping that butt with that extension cord. So mm. get that book. Get that book. Oh, 
Browns. That's great. That's great. And you, you even went further beyond writing the book, and you, you've written a stage play as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. My stage play is called Miss D's Kitchen, and I did the first one uh, in Memphis, and it sold out. It sold out. I was so just just happy. I mean, people were everywhere, and they enjoyed it. It was such a great play. I wrote it, produced it, directed, and also acted in it as Miss D. I will be taking it on a tour uh, starting in August. But please, everybody go to my Instagram and follow me. Tag, share me. My Instagram, again, is Miss M.S. Katrina Walker. M-S-K-A-T-R-I-N-A Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R. And, uh, I mean, you're going to actually, you're going to love this play. It is hilariously funny. Uh, I have a lot of surprises for you guys. A lot of actors and actresses that's well-known <laughs> in, in so many different plays and different things like that. But it is going to be, you, you're gonna, it's going to knock you off your feet. It's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm not lying to you. It's a great play. Wow, very nice, very nice. I would say that Miss D, is, uh, she's dropping them jewels, but she, she's dropping them jewels and she's keeping it real and she's everything. You know, she, she's, she's that woman, you know, she's that woman that uh, she's shooting straight from the hill. You know, but uh, Miss D, I'm not going to tell you everything about Miss D, but you can come to see the play because you're not going to stop not going to stop that. She's in a lane all by herself. It's something new. Put it like this. It's something new for the world to identify, but they're going to still be able to really see and remember how that black woman was, you know, in the family. That black female was in the family. Oh, nice. I mean, I'm keeping it all together. Will. You're going to see your grandmama. You're going to see your mama. Okay. <laughs> You're going to see Miss D, Miss D, tell it like it is. Oh, that's wonderful. And you know what? You can carry your feelings on your shoulder. wonderful that's wonderful well, I, I'm hoping that I will be able to make it to one of those performances so I'll be I sure hope so keeping, right? keeping my I hope so. <laughs> when it comes to your area I hope you and pray that you come thank you thank you I will be honored bring be your honored friends with you tell everybody about Miss Katrina Walker I want everybody to know about Miss Katrina Walker she's the next thing smoking okay alright alright <laughs> I will as a, as a final question Miss Katrina, um, what does, and this is just, just for you, what does staying true to yourself mean to you? What does that mean? Staying true to yourself means believing in you and your, you know, what you believe in. You can't sit up and worry about what other folks think about you. You know, you got to do what you got to do for you. You know what I'm saying? You got to love yourself. Stay true to yourself. Things that you believe in, that you want to do, that you want. Don't listen to Sometimes you can tell people your dreams or your vision, and it's just big. They don't understand it. And it ain't for them to understand. So, you know, staying true to yourself is going ahead one day at a time, making it happen. And patting yourself. Don't wait on everybody to clap for you. Get out there and clap for yourself. Mm. Start writing things down. Staying true to yourself. Things, again, that you believe in. Dreams, making them reality. Because otherwise, they're just a dream. you got to make it become reality. you got to make it real. You gotta make it come to life. 
So stay true to yourself on the things that you want to do because you got one life to live. Mm-hmm. One life to live. Yes. Ain't no thing that you don't, nothing gonna go back. Your organs ain't gonna go back. Ain't none of this stuff gonna go back. So enjoy your life and live your best life ever. Live your life. And that's staying true to yourself. The things you believe in, the things that you want to do, you know. And, 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 and if there's something that they can fight about you, it's never too late to make change. So get yourself right. And stay true to yourself, making yourself the best you that you can possibly be. Because I'm a firm believer that the good Lord keeps us around. Another day, another second, another minute. You know, to make it better. To make it better. You can make it better and you can stay true to yourself by doing the things that you want to do. And making things, you know, just just make things happen that you really want to happen. Your dream to come true. Make yourself happy. Be happy and live your best life. That, to me, is what making it true to yourself means. That's wonderful. Well, Katrina, you have definitely stayed true to yourself over these years. You've become a wonderful example of what self-motivation and determination and resilience can produce in, in a human being, and not only in a human being for herself, but in a human being for her surroundings and for the society around her in which she lives. So we appreciate what you are doing, Katrina. It's my honor to speak with you today, and I I wish you the best. I wish you the best with your stage play. I wish you the best with Unbreakable, and in all your ventures, I I wish you the very, very best. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate you and the audience, and I just don't want them to forget me, Miss Katrina Walker. The Katrina Walker story, Unbreakable. Just remember, Miss Katrina Walker. IG, Instagram, MS, Katrina Walker. Tag me, cheer me, and love me. I don't think you know just like me. Love me, because I sure love y'all. Unbreakable, The Katrina Walker Story, is currently available on Amazon. Conversations is a production of More About You. Join us next time.